Hey, this is Kevin Donnelly and Al Wallace for the Carolina Line Podcast. We talked about so many things this week. Fan Fest, the Bears game coming up, real football's just around the corner, and Al, wow, we got some real football on the way. Yeah, find out who's making plays on the offense, who's lighting it up, DJ Moore, Curtis Samuel, that defense, the transition, hey, Brian Burns, Christian Miller, those young guys are getting after it from the defensive line. It's going to be a fun ride this year. Hey, and we'll talk about your arms, the size of those guns, and hot dogs on the sidelines, and so many other funny stories, so dial in wherever you get your podcast. Subscribe to Carolina Line. Welcome to One Day Contract, the Panthers talk show where each week we're joined by a new personality who we've signed to a one-day contract to join the show. One Day Contract is a proud part of the Riot Network, powered by Ortho Carolina. Check out some of our network mates. It is what it is, the Roaring Riot podcast, not what you think, and the Carolina line. For more great talk about your favorite team, follow the Riot Network on Twitter at the Riot Network to stay up to date on all your favorite pods. Subscribe, rate, and love us wherever you get your podcasts. My name is Nikki Wolf. Joining me in studio, as always, Mr. Colin Hoggard, columnist and contributor for the Riot Report, and has one of those tearaway calendars counting down the days until the first real regular season game. We are so close. We can I can almost see it over the horizon. Is it like a Garfield calendar? Far side. Far, Far side. side. Okay. No, I don't mess with John. Or Jim Davis. What's your OD take? Sorry. <laughs> can't can't jump in there. Go I've ahead. Been introduced. You want me to riff on my Odie take? Yeah. No, yeah, I, give, no, give, no Jim Davis. Give me like a tight five on, Gary, on Gary, Cliff. No, it's it's not even the, in the top. Probably Garfield's honestly not in the top five. If we're, you know, it starts with Farside, um, and then you've got oh gosh, I didn't, I wasn't ready for my my comic uh, ranking system here. Why don't you introduce everybody? I'll get back to my comic ranking. All right, you think on that. Also here, as always. Josh Klein, managing editor for the Riot Report, co-host of It Is What It Is, is flying to Chicago tomorrow and plans to gain at least six pounds. That's right, baby. But I'll take the over. For me, you're absolutely right. I'll go Calvin and Hobbes, um, the far side. Uh, yeah, God. Did you guys ever see Foxtrot? That that comic mm-hmm. to me, that really like jumped Jim off Borgman. the page to me. I was a big, ooh, I don't know who the author yeah, is. That's yeah. very impressive. Cincinnati's own Jim Borgman. Oh, mama. We are really, that is intense. That is intense comic you know, that I was not was ready cut. for. That was a really cut. exciting stuff. Uh, and yes, I do plan on uh, gaining a lot of um, weight. As we talked about multiple times, I'm 90% vegetarian, and I plan to exercise all 10% here in Chicago. Six pounds equals how many deep dish pizzas? You know, I plan. I'll probably have like a slice, but I'm not. I don't. I don't go like. I know everybody says like, oh, you go. You should skip the deep dish pizza. For me, it's like you should have some. It's still good, but you just can't think of it as pizza. It's just lasagna. It is a separate. It is not lasagna. It is a separate dish than pizza. The 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 problem with Deep dish pizza is the time commitment. Like if you if you go solo to go get a deep dish pizza, you just got forty five minutes of just hanging out by yourself. So you need to you need to plan accordingly. It's going to take a while. It, it it is delicious if you go to the right places. It can be very good, but it is a separate dish than normal pizza. I like how offended you were when he called it lasagna. You're like <laughs> speaking of Garfield. <laughs> It all comes it back. It all comes back. It Come all on. Comes that's back. good circles. Well, let's introduce our guest on the one-day contract this week, Dennis Walsh, host of Not What You Think podcast on the Riot Network, Bad Madden player. I didn't write that. And the originator of Riot Report Shark Week. Welcome. 
Glad to be here. I, I feel like I have to put an asterisk there. It's like bad in, bad Madden 19 player because I'm really good at Madden 20 now. What? Now that you can actually get sacks and interceptions. Uh, I was going to say, what made the difference? Players. Brian Burns. <laughs> so, yeah. It's so I'm like good at Madden life. 20. There how, you go. How does Curtis Samuel look on Madden 20? Is he, like, super fast? Oh, yeah. He looks great. Yeah. Samuel's always there. And uh, I don't know. Him and DJ get Christian. It's it's They're a good Madden team. I feel like they're going to become a very popular Madden team. And uh, people who aren't Panthers fans will all of a sudden be Panthers fans because of Madden 20. It so. makes sense. It makes sense. You have you have all the utility out there. You know those guys are rated well. There's It, it is the athletic team that you would pick on, on NBA 2K. Yeah, a very, absolutely. Very similar. Well, the, the, the real annoying thing is like when people were the Cowboys last year because – you can be a bad team in real life, but be a really annoying Madden team as long as you have a mobile quarterback, a good line, and like a good running back. So, so there you go. I think you'll see a lot more Madden Panther people. Josh, when was the last time you played Madden? Have you played twenty? I have not played twenty, but I did play nineteen. We actually have it right here on the office uh, office TV. So every now and then, when I need a break, and by every now and then, I mean uh, multiple times per day when I'm in the office, I try to sneak over here and get a couple games in. I'm still not good. What I what I am really good at doing is like escaping the pocket with Cam and then inevitably throwing it to either the wrong receiver or deciding at the wrong moment that I'm going to run. Like I feel like these are very amateur mistakes that I make oh, at least once per game. Nikki, what about you? I've never played. <laughs> Ever? You've never picked up the sticks? No. The okay. sticks? Yeah. Well, yeah. they have the skill levels now. I don't know if you know about that. Like, you don't have to be good to beat someone who's really good anymore. Oh, well, then count me in. Yeah, you have to hit, <laughs> hit one button where they have to hit 13, and uh, yeah. You can play, like, bad skill levels versus good skill levels? Really? Yes. So, like, if you are, like, if you, I would play on all Madden, and, you know, someone who's never played the game could play on rookie, and if they throw it to a remotely open receiver, like, they're going to hit it. <laughs> you know, it. Whereas, for me, like, I could throw it, you know, what I thought was an easy pass, and they'll just pick it off with the computer. It, it makes the game – they want people to play more, you know? Oh, I'm in. The only video games I think I ever play are like Mario Kart. I'm also not great at that either. I don't think video games are my thing. That's okay. I was just curious. I was just trying to get get a, a feel for how much people play. Because, I mean, I, I used to be an annual buyer, like first-day buyer, um, and, and I've kind of tailed off the last couple of years. But it sounds like this year's uh, edition sounds pretty pretty interesting. I'm in now. Yeah, I, I feel like we should probably have like a one-day contract uh, tournament, and Nikki will just play on super easy, and she'll just be like pressing A with like one finger and just stomping all of us sixty-two to nothing. I will take the trophy now. Yeah. Your champion, Nikki Lee Wolf. First, we'll sell you on Madden, then we'll then we'll work on Shark Week, Nikki. I saw that tweet, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Are you anti Shark Week? I wouldn't say anti. But you're not Week. pro. Not pro. I'm kind of neutral. Didn't you tweet out, I I'm, hate Shark Week? Wait a minute, you, can't, you tweeted something and you're, you're claiming a neutral position? I think that's impossible on Twitter, right? I, I don't hate, it's not a love or hate thing. I just don't, we know how people get so excited about it. I just, I don't care. So it's like a Jewish holiday. It's like you, you acknowledge <laughs> Whoa. that other people celebrate I feel like celebrate we may have it. made a jump here. No, you're just saying you acknowledge that other people celebrate it. You don't have any animosity towards it. You just don't celebrate Hanukkah. Yes. Or Shark Week. <laughs> that's exact. Yeah, think, exactly. I don't think that's anything inappropriate about it. other. Listen, breaking news: some people have holidays that we don't all celebrate in this world. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Thank you. Thank you. I may have also put a curse word in there, and my mom figured oh, out how to read things on Twitter. I did not know Twitter, that. I did not know that. When yes. I, oh, your, moms. Mom, your mom follows you on Twitter now? She does not follow anyone on Twitter. She just learned how to look at Twitter on her computer so she can see tweets. So she still doesn't know how to listen to the podcast, though. So That's good news. So you can use one of those two curses if you want to. We are safe for at least six months until someone shows her that. So we always start with Nikki's super important question, and I do want to shout out a couple people who left reviews. Uh, Kenny B., who had all kinds of amazing football questions, but Nikki's super important question can never be a Panthers football question. Just send those to at Josh Klein Rules. He loves those. Yeah, I'd be happy to answer them. Yeah, he'll answer all of them. And then we're going to call her what? Smoothanna? Sure. She said... Go try the gas station on Pitt School Road Concord Shops for some good street tacos. Oh, okay. That's a good tip. That, that must have been from when we were talking about Mexican food. Was that last week? That was last week. Yeah, those are those were the days. I I really need a what well, like a guardian to take me to some of these places. No, no, I, the guardian's not the right term. I just couldn't think of the right term, so I'm Chaperone? just moving. On. A sh- thank you. And thank you. I was going to ask for help, but I figured you guys would just mock me. <laughs> so I said guardian instead. But thank you, Nikki, for having my back. Uh, I, I just because some of the some places, these, these hole in the wall places, like I'm, I'm always scared that I'm going to walk in and I'm not going to be welcome. And that's like, I mean, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not trying to like, that's just like you, these hole in the wall places. Like you don't know, like sometimes they don't have great, you know, windows, they don't have great lighting, whatever. I, I just, if, if somebody, if I, if I had somebody, I would be more willing to go into those places that's that, fair. That, that, you know, has some experience there. That's fair. There's a, a Mexican butcher shop down on Tryon that I was intimidated by because I felt the same way. But I read on Yelp, one of the reviews that told you step by step where to go, what to do, mm, what to order, how smart. to do it. And then I felt empowered. That Yelp sounds like a nice place, huh? People it's should go check great. it out. Yelp.com. Hey, Dan, uh, <laughs> I don't want to pull back the curtain here too much, but... Den is live from Boston here. He's, he's actually joining us uh, via the internet. And um, what do you what do you guys eat up there in, in Boston? I'm just curious. Like, what kind of is like... Via the internet. Yeah, via the internet. Is that not true? He is. I was just picturing the graphic. Live, via internet. Uh, so what, what do we eat up here? Yeah, I mean, what do you eat? What you be eating? I mean, the, the big, the big new thing... Top, new segment. Is seafood. I mean, but you know that kind of cuts the uh, population in half. A lot of people still don't like it. Um, North End, you got lasagna. I don't know. We eat everything. Like we don't have a lot of. When you guys talk about food and obviously your barbecue and all that, like that doesn't really exist in the the genuine way up here or the authentic way. So everyone mocks our uh, our food that you guys probably eat. So I, I think we eat kind of different stuff up here. As far as you know, I think seafood is a uh, is a number one. I don't know how it is down there, but. Uh, Meat lobsters, man. Can't beat them. I read an article about the top sandwiches in every state, and I saw in Massachusetts you guys have a thing called Puckies. Is that true? Puckies? Is that a real thing? Or Spuckies? Did I just did I mess it up? Or am I just making something up that you've never Based heard Based on his, uh, the facial expression that's appearing via internet in front of me, he is, he is a little confused by what you just brought up. I'm not sure if up. I'm missing some joke here, but I have no idea what you're saying. <laughs> via the, all right, talk amongst yourself. Ask your super important question. I'm going to figure all this right. out here and yell it out mid-response, mid I'm sure. <laughs> like he has Tourette's or something. <laughs> so Nikki's super important question, hard knocks return this week. So you can't say the Panthers. Who's the team that you – would watch on Hard Knocks and the reason why. Who would you watch on Hard Knocks? 
I think at this point, the only team outside the Panthers that I'd be actively interested in would be the Patriots. I would like to see Belichick in action. Of course, we're not going to get that in the watered-down version of what of what you know Hard Knocks is. But at, at this point, that like we've seen guys not make it. We've seen guys from small schools. We've seen. I I, I would be interested in seeing you know getting the old master class from Belichick. But of course, that's not what Hard Knocks is. But that would be the team. Yeah, I think the when there he does a thing on Patriots.com where he like breaks down a, one play per week, and it's just fascinating to watch because yep. he's just like he's really smart, and I think. I have a feeling that if you did that with a lot of guys, if you put North Turner up there, he's going to say some really interesting things while he's breaking down a play. Um, you know, for me, I think this year I'd love to see what's going on in that Giants locker room. I mean, I think with uh, Gettleman doing Gettle Magic and the Daniel Jones, Eli Manning kind of uh, interaction and what I can only assume is a really bad quarterback that they picked six overall that's going to be like vying for their for their starting gig and – I think there's just I like to see the the teams that are falling apart versus the teams that are coming up like that. That's better to me. That's that just makes for better TV. That's why when everybody was like, oh, I don't want to watch all or nothing because they lost seven straight. It's like I want to watch them lose seven straight like that. That to me is more compelling television. Yeah, Of course, then the cameras went home before they lost seven straight. But yeah, that was was a nice thought, though. That was one episode of them losing seven straight. Dan, I got to go with the Browns. Uh, I don't know. OBJ over there and. See what Baker's really like. See how they mesh. Do you guys think that uh, that that I don't want to go too much conspiracy here. Do oh, you think that 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 was a full beer that he got tossed, or was that some sort of a fake prop beer that he had ready? Because he was just he was very clear. Like, okay, first of all, what stadium are you in where they have? Uh, closed Miller Lite cans just hanging out in a cooler at the bottom of your luxury suite. Like, where where did that can come from for somebody to just toss it to him, him to rip it open with his teeth? Yeah. It, and like, it, it was just all seemed very magical and a little bit just like, is that real? Uh, to me, I'm out. It's the cool thing now, man. Chugging on the Jumbotron, unless you're, uh, unless you're Cam. Right. Who, who, doing it. who failed to chug? Who was it? Was it Rogers? Yeah. Rogers. yeah. Rogers failed. See, see, Baker saw that and said, I'm not, I'm not failing. I, I, I got to say, though, Bra- Brady's still the best, man. Much as I, 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 don't, I don't hate Brady, but I just, I don't know if you guys have ever seen him chug a beer. Still to this day is probably one of the fastest I've ever seen. I don't know how he does it, but. It's because he's a warlock, I'm convinced. <laughs> it's the only way to explain life and football and, and him. And and I get him on my hard knock season. You guys don't get him. I get a warlock, too, in addition to Belichick. Hey, I got <laughs> Daniel Jones. He went to Duke, so he, you know he's going to be smart. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> Josh, I did want to comment. You commented on uh, Bel- Belichick's thing on um, Patriots.com. Cause I, I didn't know if you guys get that down there because that's on like ne- like local TV here. And yeah, he sits down with Scott Zolak, who's on um, the Sports Hub here. But he was a Bloodsoe's backup. Yeah. And yeah, he real. It's like the one time you see Belichick open up and like explain things without just a weird smile or a shrug, you know. And uh, yeah, so I, like I said, I, I didn't know that you got to see that, but I agree. I watched it via the internet, so <laughs> I let you have that one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we were all just like, clamoring to get to our microphones to say that one thing. That internet's gonna be big one Worth day. It. I can't wait. FYI, similar to an Italian hero, a Spucky is made with a variety of Italian cured meats and cheeses and can be served cold or pressed. One of the best can be found at Cuddy's in Brookline Village. So head mm. over there. Are you close to Brookline Village? I'm very close to Brookline Village. I'm, right. I'm 
the time. You know who's also very close to uh, Brookline Village? It's Kemba Walker, your buddy. Oh. All right. Oh, see, this is, come on, well, man. Had, oh, it's geez. not even Hornet's Corner yet. Well, oh. I was going to say, you know, I showered today. I like Shark Week, and I'm a big. I'm excited for Kemba Walker coming here. I don't know how I fit in here in this room. But... What a great guest. Right. We can move this laptop. Right. <laughs> but honestly, he is very close to the. I mean, the Celtics practice facility. So I had to get that one in there. Well, and that's the end of the show. Thanks oh, for being here. Man. <laughs> oh, gosh. Well, if anybody did not see the first episode of Hard Knocks, uh, Brinson Buckner is on the show. Uh, which I even forgot he was there at the Raiders, and I predict he'll be the star of that show. He, he was kind of quiet last night, but... We all love Buck, but Buck also is very aware when there's a camera around. No. <laughs> no. No. Well, if you want your super important question on our show, don't give us Panther stuff. Like I said, send that to Ash at Josh Klein Rules. He loves that stuff. Go to iTunes, leave us a review. A beautiful review, a glowing review, if you five will. Five stars or nothing else. If you're, if it's not five stars, don't, don't come around here no more. Soliciting. <laughs> That's what we do here. How angry is uh, Raider Nation at Antonio Brown? I have not seen um, the fallout. I can only assume that there's fallout when you freeze your feet um, <laughs> right before training camp. I just, I would assume that there's hashtag be some... freeze your feet. Yeah. Uh, My feet joke failed miserably. I thought it was pretty good. <laughs> my favorite tweets get like nothing and then i say something stupid and everyone loves it that's the way it works yep that's how you gotta works. you gotta lower it to that to the bar that they can they can clear that apparently will say, burned. talk to nikki's mom she's on twitter <laughs> now <laughs> the best part of the episode i will say was um his kids were like where's roethlisberger and he was trying to explain to him. He's like, no, he's my quarterback. And they, like, look over at Carr and just, like, the look on their faces. It, it was just it was pretty priceless. Pretty priceless. All right, let's talk Panthers. Are you ready, Josh? You look concerned. No, I'm ready. Okay. I was just checking the time stamp so we can make sure to let people know what they can skip. Skip all the spucky talk. <laughs> Come on. You want to be here for the spucky talk. If Yeah, hashtag spuckies for life. There you go. Well, the national news apparently just discovered that the Panthers are a thing. They thought that since the Hornets gave up on basketball, maybe they thought there was no more football. But we're the talk now, apparently. So on NFL Live yesterday, the headline was that Cam Newton had a new throwing motion, which obviously is, you know, not news to any of us. If you've been listening to any of these podcasts or reading the Riot Report, you're very well aware. This is all things that we've known about, been talking about for weeks. But – had a new mo- new throwing motion, but we won't see it Thursday in Chicago. Does a new throwing motion matter? Absolutely, absolutely, it does. I mean, for a guy with a repaired shoulder, and and I think it's about keeping it keeping it tight, so to speak, keeping his throwing motion a little tighter, and, and trying to go over the top. That that baseball throw with a football, I think, puts additional strain um, on his shoulder, and I think that was part of what wore down over the course. In addition to the hits that he just wore down physically. And any any attempt to try and correct that and, and keep it tight, I think, is, is a good thing. Yeah, I, I think, to me, it's kind of like I, I'm ready to – I want to see what happens when an actual game is happening, when yep. he's actually taking a hit, when, some, when, when Aaron Donald is breathing down his neck, whether he still sticks to these necessary – these new throwing mechanics that are not, very, not much different than what he was doing in the past. So the – and also – they started doing this last year too, and he was already kind of making this switch, getting the ball out a little bit faster, keeping his his feet pointed where he wants the ball to go. So to me, it's like 
if if we could see it through 17 games, he stays completely healthy, and and they want to chalk that up to the new throwing motion, then great. Then all hail the new throwing motion. We'll make a new shirt that says, "I I it's not the it's not the size of the throw. It's the motion of your ocean." He's got some time to work on that shirt. Fortunately. <laughs> We'll smooth out all the details. <laughs> Best seller. It's gonna be. A, it's gonna be. A, there's gonna be a lot of words. There's on the front. It only comes in XL, so it can <laughs> all the words. it's gonna have a lot of ums and 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 pauses in there. No, but you know, you think about a basketball shot. Uh, sometimes it takes time for guys to get there. I, I think continuing to work on improving it. Not that not that it's gonna be on every throw, but I think continuing to work on this is part of. Honing, honing your craft, as we like to say. Mm. I mean, he's 30 years old. He yeah. should be like whatever is going to keep him in pa- a Panthers uniform for the next five years is really yeah. all that I care about. Yeah, when you when you use the word matters, I think it matters most most to Cam himself versus people like you know diagnosing what it's going to do for him football wise. I think it's going to keep his arm more healthy and like like Josh, what you were saying. I think when people are coming at him and he's in the heat of the moment, you know, instincts will probably take over. You might see some of those those baseball throws again. Um, so, so I don't really, I don't get too caught up in it. I, I, I do think for people that either don't like cam or whatever, if, if, you know, if he starts failing or whatever, they're going to say, you know, they're going to point to this throwing motion and probably mock it. That, that's the one thing I don't want to happen. But um, you know what? The most important thing with cam for me is him just getting the ball out quicker. You know, if the motion helps that, then, then sure. So that's kind of what I'm looking for. I think it matters more to his body than the actual Panthers. Yeah, I don't think it's something where we're going to be going, you know, full Zabruder film on each throw, trying to analyze if he's if he's kept that that motion. But I do think that just even the idea of working on it is a good thing, you know, over the long term. Like you said, when you're trying to prolong your career as a, as a dual threat quarterback. So the national peeps are starting to notice. All the beat writers are talking about Curtis Samuel. You know, we've talked a lot about Curtis Samuel, obviously, but now the national peeps are noticing that. So how high does that Curtis Samuel ceiling go? I believe the ceiling is the roof, right? (laughs) I I knew. I was wondering who would say it. I just couldn't get it out I thought it was going to be you. MJ MJ was good for something down there recently. (laughs) To be fair, they do hang banners from the roof, at least least in the Dean Dome, not so much over there at the the spec. Yeah. You twist that a certain way, it makes sense. Yeah. (laughs) Most tickets sold for a uh, Jason Derulo concert is the only banner that's getting hung <laughs> at the Spectrum Center. You know, I will say, the, as far as Curtis goes, I mean, we had Matt Williams, who who runs a fantasy football site, um, on, and and he's a not only a big talk with people. Not not I'm not a big fantasy guy, and I know people do separate real football with fantasy, but he's he's a big topic right now in the fantasy world. Um, and I can tell when Bostonians start asking me about Panthers receivers that there's there's at least some buzz going on. Um, so I can tell you that. I mean, as far as ceiling-wise, you know, people are are thinking about how high they, they should draft this guy in their leagues, and I think that that's at least a good sign as far as, you know, we know what Curtis can do, but he hasn't been consistent out there. You know, a, even just half of Curtis Samuel last year, you know, put up, what, 39 catches, five touchdowns and 500 yards. So if you can get a full year out of him, even developed more, um, Caroline Cannon was actually on FNZ today saying exactly what I, what I was going to say, which was he kind of like, and I don't know if this is his ceiling, but kind of a, a the way I look at Curtis Samuel where he should be is kind of along the lines of T.Y. Hilton. I, guess, I think if, you can just, if he can just play how he is, I, I don't think that that's out of his reach to be that kind of guy. You know, 
around eight touchdowns a year, six, 700 yards, especially in the Panthers offense. Yeah, I'm I'm more bullish on him as a as a touchdown scorer initially. I mean, mm-hmm. we've seen his great playmaking ability, and I forget what the the stat that we had last year was, where it was like seventy percent of drives where he, Moore, and McCaffrey had a touch they scored touchdowns on. And granted, part of that is because he was phenomenal. I, I he benefits from having a bunch of guys ahead of him in terms of the pecking order with Cam. And McCaffrey, Olsen, and DJ Moore. Now he could he could start, if he blows up. Obviously he could he could I think quickly pass DJ Moore. I don't and and, and maybe Olsen depending on his health. But he's probably not going to be a top three guy for in terms of focus for the other defense. And he has such phenomenal hands. He makes such incredible adjustments um, to the ball. And that's that's what I see consistently out of him: his ability to adjust and make the play. Um, down the field. So I, I think he's poised for a great year, but I think it'll be more about the scores than it would be about the week-to-week production, at least early on in terms of yardage. So if we're looking like catches, if I say 70 catches, you say an over or under on that this season? I would say under 70 catches. Okay. But but I, but I would say, again, that's because of where I, I have him in the pecking order. Um, I would probably say uh, about – Probably under 70 catches, I think, makes sense unless you have like the same injury to Olsen or something like that. But I think that what you're looking at is a guy that will um, certainly be – he will certainly be involved in the offense. And I think that just like what Den said, T.Y. Hilton's a great example. Tyreek Hill, I think, is another example. These guys that whenever they have the ball in their hands, they are a threat to score. And I think that is – oh, hey oh, we're getting texts. Uh, I think that is something that is incredibly uh, – uh, something just exciting that this offense has been lacking for a really long time. They have been trying to find this this guy that can score touchdowns from anywhere on the field for a really long time, and now he's actually here. This is the biggest question to me: is is he going to play more than twelve games? Yeah. It, he, outside of Olson, to me, he is the number one kind of injury concern guy that on the on the. Two did he games. actually I mean, get I, hurt I last year? But not the not the heart procedure. But did he? Did he do anything last year football-wise? I actually don't recall. Yeah. Did he get hurt, or is it just the heart last year that he had at the beginning of the year? No, it was just the yeah. heart that cost him some time. Um, it, it was, uh, and, and then it was not just the heart. It was that he wasn't able to get into pra- – he wasn't able to practice fully. Mm-hmm. It took him three-quarters of the way through the season before he was like actually ready to play – uh, all of the snaps. And I think a lot of people were like, why aren't, why aren't you playing Curtis Samuel more? Why aren't you playing Curtis Samuel more? And it's because he couldn't get out there. He didn't have the conditioning. He wasn't ready. So it was kind of like, I think that took a lot of time. Yeah. You actually called me out on uh, that in Cleveland, Josh, when I was complaining about why Curtis doesn't start games and you said I was wrong and there he is on the first play. So, <laughs> <laughs> so once it got going, yes, he was the starter. Yeah, I think that was the that was the problem. Was like he he just he didn't have it in him, and and instead of putting them out putting him out there for the first two drives and then having to sit him for the rest of the game, they strategically kind of employed him. And I think if you're able to keep him out on the field, uh, like just remember halfway through the season when you were looking at a guy that uh, at an offensive coordinator that people were hailing as like a genius. Remember, was it the Tampa Bay game where Turner just couldn't do anything wrong, where he was dialing up double reverses at the perfect time, yeah. and like every play call seemed to be in perfect kind of motion and I think that was something that they were able to do they were able to do in uh with Curtis Samuel on the field and I think this year when you have Curtis Samuel DJ Moore McCaffrey just like you said 
the ability to fake to one of those three guys and then go to another one of those three guys. I think for me, the ceiling for all three of these guys is the roof to, to paraphrase our, our friend. Um, and that's just all there is to it. Like all of it wouldn't surprise me if one of these three guys had like franchise record setting seasons, probably it's going to be McCaffrey because he's going to get a ton of touches. But would it shock you if at the end of the season, Curtis Samuel had 14 touchdowns? I was just yeah. going to say round the table. How many touchdowns does Curtis Samuel have this year? I will go. I'll, I'll, I'll assume he's going to, he's going to be able to play. And, and it's not just him. It's just the general playmaker position. Right. And we've seen a lot of guys. Uh, I, I'm going to say seven. Yeah. Wow. I, I'll take the over on seven all day long. What do you think, I'll, I'll go around nine. You know, one of the, one of the hardest things with ta- just talking about the Panthers in general, and we found out in the fantasy world, there's actually a term for it. Um, and you were kind of alluding on it there, Colin, too, is when the Panthers are like inside the red zone, they spread the ball to the most amount of players. Like the, the most amount of players get touchdowns on on the Panthers than other teams. They don't have one guy, so they spread it around to to all their guys. I mean, Alex Arma had touchdowns last year. And, and I think that when you start evaluating like Curtis Samuel and you're like, oh, he didn't have a lot of touchdowns or even McCaffrey, that's why people always kind of undervalue him is because, yeah, he doesn't have a ton of touchdowns compared to people like Saquon or, or Kamara. So, I mean, it's kind of hard to evaluate touchdowns as far as Curtis. It, it really kind of depends on, you know, who gets the right play down there. And I don't think that's a knock on Curtis if he doesn't have a lot of touchdowns. You know, so I'm more concerned with like catches and yards personally. If if this works, if this offense works the way we we hope and um, you know, maybe expect that it will, I think you're going to need to judge them as a as a as a total group because they're all going to they're all going to be instrumental in what in what we're talking about. This offense looks the best with those three young men on the field, and if this guy's the decoy this week and this guy's the decoy, you know, like the numbers are going to go up and down. But together, I think we're going to see real success. Now, brace yourselves, okay? Are you ready for this? This is going to come as a shock. The Panthers are in a 3-4. Oh, my God. I saw it on ESPN. <laughs> I saw it on ESPN. I saw so it on – it's true. On the AP. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, the thing that we've kind of been saying for all of the offseason is now, I think I, – I truly do believe that when they line up in a 3-4 against the Bears, it is going to come as a surprise to a lot of people around the league. Right? Am I wrong? Yeah. I, I Like, we are, we are so in, in it that we are now at the point where we're like, how could you not know? I think there are a lot of people, obviously coaches and stuff are going to, but like there are going to be a lot of people that see the Panthers for the first time. And they're like, what's happening? Are you suggesting that there may be national media people who have formed opinions about Cam that may not actually be familiar with what's actually happening with the team? No, I I don't think that happens, right? We don't have t-shirts dedicated to that specific uh, instance. Yeah, I mean, it just it, again, it's a reminder. We, you, there's there's only 32 teams. You're in the NFL. You're in the big show. At the end of the day, these the, the the national people don't pay attention to what's going on, and that's why when I mean, and, and look, there's 32 teams. There's a lot. I get it, but that's why when people get worked up over the opinions of these people that aren't paying attention to this team regularly, it, it's confusing to me. It's like, hey, this guy knows less than we do, and he thinks something wrong. We should be angry. Right. I mean, yeah, I, I, I just this is why I try and warn people and tell people don't get worked up when these people have dumb opinions because they are not paying attention to your team. It's true. It's the same as you look at the. Well, so I, I've been to training camp every day 
And you look at some of these guys that come in from the national media and they come in for one day of training camp. And it's like, if you came in on a day that cam is say not throwing, then your opinion of cam as well. Like I went down to camp. He doesn't, he's not even throwing during camp. Like they say he was throwing well the, during the other times, but like, I haven't seen it. He's got this new throwing motion. Uh, it's like, I, I don't have firsthand. Yeah, allegedly he's throwing better. Yeah. yeah. And, and so then you have that thing of like, they, they kind of, that's how these storylines get started. They get caught, they catch fire. And then all of a sudden cam might be sitting out the whole season, yeah. you know, like that, that is how these things happen because it's the same thing as we talk about, like all pros and, and all stars and all that stuff. Like people that vote for the, for these awards, a lot of times don't watch any of the games. Like I, I had to drop out of most of my fantasy football leagues because I don't know anything about any other team. But if you want me to tell you how Jason Vanderland looked in practice last year, I have got you. <laughs> I, I, I don't want to know though. Okay, that's <laughs> good. Cause because we're on the Manhurts Hive over here. To, br- to, bring oh, it ba- to bring it back to Madden, I can tell you that the uh, the roster updates are, are, of course, there, but the Panthers haven't officially moved to a 3-4 in Madden. So it's it's a mess when you line up. You got, like, Kyle Love at DE, and uh, people, you know, that <laughs> people just that wanted to play a 4-3 were just a mess, you know, but if you do play the true 3-4, it's fun. So Man, that's fascinating. That that actually, I think, is really interesting. Yeah. I, I didn't realize that. But. One of those people was actually Bobby. He was real real mad that they didn't fix the 4-3 look of the Panthers. They just kind of slotted people in by where they uh, where they ranked on the depth chart. And it's just it's so off that if you play that way, you're at a huge disadvantage. <laughs> Josh, you, you mentioned being at camp, and I know it's still super early. Are, are there are there any Is there anybody on this roster, and we've talked a little bit about before, and I'm still curious about this, that you don't think is going to fit this transition? Oh, um, in terms of, I'm not talking about the end of the roster, but you know, the guys. Yeah. Well, I mean, you are kind of taught. Well, to me, there are a couple guys that kind of jump out to me that I, it's not whether they can't fit in. It's that I don't know where exactly they do fit in. And it's one of the things when I wrote about, uh, roster battles earlier today, I said, like, I'm just curious where F.A. Abada and Brian Cox fit into this defense. Like, I just don't know. Like, are they defensive ends? Are they outside linebackers? Are they going to stand up? Are they going to try and are they going to back up Gerald McCoy? Those are guys that you're talking about that you mean like those are end of the roster guys, right? Yeah. I don't think that there is anybody at the top of the roster. You are asking Gerald McCoy and KK Short to kind of play that five that they've never done before, but I don't think that there's going to be a problem for those guys to – if the idea is they just need to beat a guy or two that's in front of them, they've been doing that their whole career. So I don't think that – that those guys are going to have trouble fitting in. It, it would for for a, a newcomer to the game like Abada that the, the switch from a four three defensive into a three four outside linebacker just seems like a, a bridge too far, particularly in one off season. Yeah, for, you know, um, which is a shame because it was such a great story um, last year. Uh, I, Addison still still is the guy that I wonder about. Sure. Um, and then of course the way this defense and then particularly this front line was assembled, if the the high priced thirty plus um, defensive lineman. We, we know that these guys are all good, uh, but we've also seen this uh, they, these types of lines not live up to the hype um, many times throughout the NFL, too. So that's, that's my concern about this front seven. Didn't it kind of fail in Tampa Bay last year? They had a pretty high-priced line that just yeah, didn't fall I mean, apart. You, any t- see, this is, the, this is the problem with the NFL is once you know all the guys' names in the position group, somebody's not playing well because they're older, generally. Oh, that is – man, you just like – that we should make a T-shirt of. That's really that is very in 
Should I should I retire right now? What yep. is Can it? I go get my cookout? Can you say that again? Say it again. <laughs> Once you know all the names of the guys in the defensive line group, one of them is too old. Is that what it is? Yeah, basically. I mean, it, it's really any position group. You you need that churn in the NFL, and and because fans, particularly in the offseason, yearn to be able to recognize all the names. But once you do that, like you look at the look at the end of the 08, you know that 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 Panthers run. We knew every you knew everybody on that roster. Yeah. But once you get to that point, you're you're on the wrong side of the hill. Is that the same as? Um, no, never mind. It's not. I'm sorry. I was trying to make. I was trying to like jump to like a uh, the cast of a TV show, but I couldn't get there quite quite in time. I'm just going to edit this out. No big deal. <laughs> I always edit out my – whenever I sound dumb, I just edit it right on out, baby. It's the best part. Did you edit out that you didn't shower last week? Yeah, of course. <laughs> I don't think I don't think anybody heard that, right, listeners? You guys didn't hear that. Right? No, I, I, <laughs> just, that I just made that joke, you know, coincidentally. Yeah, it's good that you showered. I feel like everybody kind of lets people know when they did or did not shower. And I feel like that's what they should do. We're all friends. We're open and honest. We all friends. I, I do, we all friends. I do have to confess, I was listening to uh, c- to catch up on some one-day contract, and I put it on before I went to bed, and I woke up on, like, episode 700. So I have I have your whole season covered fresh in my head right now, so I know all your jokes, Josh. You got them all <laughs> through um, through osmosis, Yeah, liter- right? like- literally woke <laughs> up in the morning, and my, my podcasts were still going. So there you go. There's some lessons. Before we move on to the look ahead for Chicago. I want to talk about CMC just real quick. Um, I know everybody that I'm in three fantasy leagues and everyone is immediately talking about CMC. That's how my world revolves around Panthers and fantasy. Um, Are we thinking top five running back? Can he be the number one running back in football? Like how good can he be in this offense? Well, I, I just told you that I thought that this was going to be a balanced attack. If, but we also know that he is going to be the featured guy, even above, even above Cam, um, which is which is a change. Yes, yes, he can be the number one running back in football. There's not a, there, I mean, he he does too much to not be productive throughout the course of the season. Um, you know, a guy like Zeke. I mean, it's a short list of guys that I think would be vying for that number one running back in the league. Todd Gurley with the with the knee doesn't seem like he's ever going to be the same again. Right. So it, it just like it was a couple years ago. It feels like it's getting thin at the top. I mean, Le'Veon Bell in in, in New York with the Jets. Anybody confident that they're, the Jets are going to be able to produce the best of anything? Um, so I, I put him absolutely in the discussion. I think he's. I actually think he could be in the MVP discussion depending on how this season goes. I agree with you. I think that if you are looking for some for some long shot MVP odds, I think Chris McCaffrey and Cam Newton. I think are, if I remember correctly, I believe Cam Newton was forty to one last I looked, and Christian was like sixty to one. Not that you would want to gamble because gambling is illegal in North Carolina. Is it legal in Massachusetts? It is. It is now legal, and we have a brand new casino that is a month old. That Let's that uh, yeah, we, we will be there. Me and Zach are going, so you know. Do they serve spuckies? You want to come? Casino? <laughs> Since I don't know what that is, I'm going to go no. You're still trying to convince uh, yourself it's real. <laughs> Me and Den, well, I'm going to Boston the end of this preseason or whatever. What is it, week three, Den? Yeah, August 23rd. Yeah. Yep. Week three, I'm going to be in Boston. And me and Den are going to uh, ha- eat Spuckies together, and it's going to be great. Maybe just get one and split it. You know, yeah. Just start on either end. Lady in the Tramp style. Let's, let's just let's just make sure it's good first, you know, and that it exists. I still don't believe this exists. 
Not sure either. Was that the fake internet you just looked it up on? <laughs> it's vi- I found it via the internet. What was it? Was right it? under a Chupacabra. Razor? Were you on your razor phone looking up on the internet? <laughs> Is that what it was? You paused a snake game to check it out. Nice. <laughs> well, th- well, let's look ahead to this first preseason game. Um, apparently, people are upset. Cam isn't playing. I'd like to meet these people. Josh has a lot of uh, feelings about this. I don't know. It's so... <sighs> I do have some feelings. My thing, <laughs> You're hanging on Twitter again. <laughs> well, no. See, the problem is not the problem is not people that are upset about Cam not playing because there are not that many people that are. Uh, there are certainly dummies out there that are like, "Oh, get him out there for a series." But <laughs> in my mind, it's not necessarily that you are mad that Cam's not playing. You're somehow mad. People are somehow mad that Ron that Coach Rivera misspoke and said that all four quarterbacks should play. Then, like. Two minutes later, kind of walked it back, and then the next day said that Cam wasn't going to play. And then they're hypothetically mad that he even might have thought that when he didn't. You know what I'm saying? Like that hypothetical anger. My wife and I get into fights all the time because it's like you get into you get into an ang- you get mad at somebody else for something that hasn't even happened, but you're mad at them because they might do it in your mind. That is like the most irrational anger. So no. Cam Newton should not be playing in week one, probably not in week four, probably maybe one drive in week two, play him for like a quarter and a half in week three and get him off the field. Do we, does do we need to prove that he's the starting quarterback? Yeah. I mean, Josh, like you said, I think, I think people are more mad that like they want to be smarter than Ron, that that's half of people's goal on Twitter is I could do this. I could make this team win. And if you ever, did anyone really think that he would ever play week one? I mean, preseason week one. Well, I didn't. Isn't it just kind of like if you tune in, you want to see. Like if I, all right, if I'm gonna, if I'm gonna sit here and watch this preseason game, at least let me get a drive of Cam in. Like I can appreciate that. Like at least let me get a little flavor. I mean, right? I mean, up here at least. I mean, there's been times, multiple years where Brady didn't even touch the field in a preseason, and I, I, I don't know. I, I think you get to that point. I, I know he's you know rehabbing or whatever. You want to see him get more reps in, but. I didn't. I never thought it would be week one. So if you didn't, if you don't at least understand that Ron might have misspoke, that's you might be expecting too much out of uh, out of Cam, especially with 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 someone like Greer that they took. I mean, that's that. Those are going to be your guys anyway. You know. The, that to me is, I think we're entering the stage of Cam Newton's career where why do we need him out there in the preseason at all? I get it that Brady is what what is he fifty years old eating avocado toast on the sidelines? <laughs> avocado ice cream. Sorry. 53 on the sidelines and, and veggie stuckies, I think. Chugging yeah. a beer. Veggie Better st- than anyone. <laughs> yeah, he's having avocado spuckies. And it's funny you say um, that, though, Josh, because people here on, on the reverse, like, because I, I always like to say, as much as people say I hate the Patriots, because I'm up here, I probably watch them just as much as the Panthers. People get mad when he plays. Like, why is he out there? You know, so it's almost the opposite of, like, of why, why did you say Cam was going to play and now he's not, you know? <clears throat> Yeah, I, I think to me, if Cam Newton doesn't play any preseason games for the rest of his career, I'm totally fine with that. I don't need to see anything out. I don't feel like – so that's the thing is you mentioned it. I don't know whether it was you or Colin Den who said he is rehabbing, so you want him to get the reps. He's getting the reps. Like, it's not yeah. – he wears pads. He throws on the on the practice field. My only thing would like – maybe you don't want him to be taking his very first hit of the year against Aaron Donald and getting absolutely crushed by him, like – Maybe let him, like, feel how it feels to play football again. But other than that, like, I'm all set. I don't I don't need him to be out there at all. He doesn't have to prove anything to me. No. I personally no, like I, to see I, him for a drive. I, I, I like to see him start the game three every year very quickly. 
I just don't like his first snaps coming week one, but I don't think he should play more than maybe a series, you know? And and the thing is, Cam has never been great in the preseason. Like, he's it, he, he knows it's not a real game. Now, are you it, talking about Cam Newton or Cameron Archer Spain? Because uh, <laughs> one of those two things is not true. <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking about the one we care about right now. Um, Cam, Cam's never been – he really hasn't been good. And, and it's like he knows it's a preseason. And, he know, and it's like it feels half speed, and I worry that sometimes that's when you do get – you do get hurt. You know, Lucas said that there's value in him playing in the preseason. Great. If a guy feels that way, great. Get out there and get your reps. If a guy doesn't, like if CMC is like, you know, I think I'm going to be pretty good. You know, next season they go, yeah, we, we're just going to let you let you rest through the preseason. I have no issue with that. I, I, As long as the player feels comfortable um, and, and they're not playing themselves back into shape, which is just a terrible idea anyways, but, you know, we still have some guys. And what Luke said yeah. today, like you said, Colin, was, was – Pretty interesting, you know, as far as uh, someone like, like Luke Keekley, when you are running up on someone and you can only tag them, that does change the way that you kind of play. I mean, it might be a little different than a quarterback. I think if you are a defensive guy, you'd like to tackle somebody before September, but you also don't want to see Luke, you know, <laughs> running into piles either. And, I mean, last year, Cam, I forget what he did. Did he, like, slide on the ground or, or flipped over someone against New England? Um, yeah. He came out yeah. for a bloody nose or something. Yeah, so... It's it's hard. It, it's hard to say don't go hard, but it's also hard to say don't play football until it matters, you know? <clears throat> was it 2014 they cracked a rib in the preseason? Yeah, in New like, England. Uh, like, in New England. Do we need that? Yeah. I'm good. That was on my I birthday. I see the new throwing motion. My birthday and everything well, right it, in front of me. As we oh. always say, how bad would he have to look through the preseason to not be the starter on, on day one? <laughs> <laughs> I, I think there are some guys in trucks outside that have some opinions on that. Yeah, they are. <laughs> So, who are you most excited to see in the Chicago game? Um, oh, I have a, I have a very, I have an easy answer for me, and uh, it's Greg Little. I am, I cannot wait to see what he can do or can't do on at left tackle against a real opponent when it actually counts. And I get that he's probably he may, to be honest, they may not even have Darrell Williams active, so he may get the first the very first rep of the game, and I think we're going to get a real quick taste of whether this guy is ready to be a left tackle in the NFL, and this is something that you can tell immediately. If you're a quarterback, I think, like if you're Will Greer, when Will Greer inevitably throws a preseason interception and makes the wrong read, those things are going to happen. I think that's something that that can improve, and I think Greg Little obviously can improve, but what you don't want to see is for him to just look lost out there and for him to look like he doesn't belong, and that, to me... There have that is what I'm worried about because they did draft this guy, even though he may not get the start week one or even at all in 2019. They draft this guy to be Jordan Gross for the rest of his career. So if he can't go out there and stop the the Bears outside linebacker that's trying to fight for his job, then that to me is gonna is gonna spell some trouble. I'll go with the easy one, and the, and that's Brian Burns. I mean, I want to see this young man in a Panther uniform been in that corner at the same time I don't think um that anything that happens in the preseason is going to dictate you know like it's still we're still going to need to see him in the regular season because sure. um not to call back old ghosts but Everett Brown looked really good in, the, in his first preseason so good coach <laughs> yeah like I think it was last week you guys um mentioned how maybe we as fans have set up Greg Little to fail, right? That, that was what you guys were talking about, how just expecting yeah, so much out of him for that, for when, you know, trading a pick, you all, obviously that will come up if it doesn't work out. But, 
But also in the same regard, we, we actually talked to um, Brendan Marks from The Observer, and we were saying that, you know, some of these positions where, like, you can't really judge them too much in camp. I mean, go, going one-on-one, like you guys were saying, against Brian Burns, it's like, okay, cool, he's, you know, he's toasting him, but Brian Burns is also really good. And I think that when you have offensive linemen, you really need them to be in a game to, to really see how they are. I don't, I don't really care about camp with some of those guys. So um, I think that's an awesome one, Josh. For me, I don't know why, but I really think that Chris Hogan is going to help out the receivers on this team because he's a deep threat that no one thinks is a deep threat. And just adding that to people like, uh, you know, Curtis and DJ, I just want to see if he still kind of has it, make a few catches. Everyone in here saying he's washed up and uh, the whole Belichick let a guy go a year too early versus a year too late. Um, and I want them to be wrong, and I want Chris Hogan to to be a pretty good receiver this year. So I'm kind of excited to see what he's got. Maybe he won't give it all in preseason, but... Um, see where he fits on this team. Well, he better give it in the preseason because otherwise he may not be here for the regular true. season. I mean, it, it, and that's not a shot against him. I just think this. I think it's a pretty, you know, uh, pretty good group of wide receivers. And you, you better have an asset. You better have something you're bringing to the table in, in order to make this roster. I, I'll say the other. You know, my other answer would be the backup running back. Yeah. Um, that, that, that's going to be fun. I, and I think we have a chance. Scarlett and Holyfield, they both have a chance to, to, to put their name on it, so to speak. I can't wait to see Holyfield. Yeah. I'm so excited. Scarlett's not going to play, so I think they're going to get a lot of – I think Holyfield's going to get a lot of action. I think, I think to be honest with you, I think Bonifon's going to get a ton of action. And I, I, ha, I could be wrong, but I feel like they've already gotten their honest look at Cameron Arspain. So if it were me, you kind of split carries between these two guys, whether it's Holyfield – and Bonifon and I, but inevitably, just like we talked about, you're probably going to see Cameron Arspain out there for the first snaps. Got to so, get, got to get that honest look. Out of <laughs> just, just waiting for it, that honest look. It's, time. it's just piling on if I say anything at this point. <laughs> <laughs> so last year during the preseason, they got to experiment with some uniforms. So what fun uniform combo do you want them to experiment? What do you want to see? Um, I mean. Black on black, right? Black I on love black. black on black. Did black any of helmets. them work though? Did any of them work? I love the white um, the, pants. The best, blue the, the best was the blue, the blue jerseys with the black pants. They're actually undefeated in those against, the, and they beat the Patriots, and they've never worn them in regular seasons. So, like the, I think those things are important was, to me. Those, those types of facts, you know. I was blue jerseys, white pants. I thought those looked the, very. That was a clean look and mm-hmm. fun. Yep. And speaking of Madden, since that's kind of our our theme for the episode today uh i i would i would change those that uniform in madden is that an option yeah you you can do whatever i think the only one that they haven't worn is the black jerseys and blue pants which is kind of hideous but let's see it screw it i i'm just this may be an unpopular opinion i don't like seeing us wearing all black or 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 a lot of black even the black pants like it looks too much like other teams to me it does not look like the well once they get the black helmets calling it's going to be awesome yeah, well, that, maybe <laughs> maybe we'll just look like Dr- Jags North, which is what, what who doesn't want to no, be Jags. My North? unpopular opinion, which came to life last year, was I always loved the white jerseys, black pants, like Ravens look, and that that's my favorite look for them right now. With the black socks, I, though, not blue socks. I thought that looked good too. It is interesting how big of a difference the socks make too, like in this in these uniform combos. I just like looking and being able to identify my team. <laughs> <laughs> quickly and I feel like some of this stuff and I'm not trying to be the old guy but it's just I, when it looks like a team that's you know you look like the Jags you look like the Raiders or you look like somebody else that typically wears that it does it take it 
it's kind of jarring, at least initially. I'm not saying don't do it for style purposes, but it, it's not my favorite look. Can I ask you guys a non-Panthers uh, uniform question? Where do you guys like land on that? <laughs> yeah, just where do you guys land on the McDonald's uniform? No, uh, <laughs> where do you guys land on that Seahawks neon green uniform? Ugh. Dan, I know you have a hot take on this. No, I just I don't like it. That, that, that's the <laughs> ho- that's the hot take. take. Yeah, uh, Russell Wilson's going to make it look good though, right? <laughs> By the way, did the Seahawks cut him once his rookie deal was up? Because they were so much smarter than everybody else <laughs> for having him cheap, and they would never. Pay. Oh, they he's still there. Never mind. I'm sorry. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. Just. You were looking at your razor as well. You're the wrong information. I didn't update my news app. He's number one now, right? Most highest paid? I think he is. Yes. I don't know. Well, I mean, he's he's most recent to negotiate, Yeah, if he's most recently paid. If he's most recently paid, then he's the highest paid. And it's like he has has something to do with the way that the cap will change when they renegotiate the CBA – that's what that's what's key in his deal. I don't know exactly what it is because uh, Russell Wilson stinks, and um, and so I just don't know exactly well, what it is. Tommy's got that new new deal now too. That's the uh, that's the talk of the town up here. Yeah, he sold his place up there. Yeah. I mean, Tommy's going and, elsewhere. And he, He's retired. He averages uh, twenty eight point three million a year. So there, everyone's talking about how smart he is for trolling the Falcons. And if that's true, that's kind of cool. <laughs> I'm still kind of. I don't know if I've ever liked Brady more. Yeah. <laughs> How can you not? He's he, a he would do something like that. He's actually pretty smart. I love those videos that he was putting out with Gronk at the end of the year last year <laughs> when he was walking <laughs> the bus with uh, the uh, P Diddy songs, <laughs> Puff Daddy songs, Bad Boys for Life. Yep. I don't Did know. We? I don't know why I enjoyed listening to you say P Diddy, Puff Daddy, and. Everything else you could come up with. The uh, Felix, Sean Combs, the Bruins guys did that too when they went to the cup. Sorry, that's another bad subject. Am I done now? I don't like hockey. (laughs) Checkers, baby. (laughs) No, they they really did though. They they tried to be Brady and Gronk. Wasn't as funny. Since I don't know who any of the Bruins guys are, I was gonna say name someone that plays for the Bruins. Uh, Chara. uh, Chara. Um. Ah, I can't think of anybody from like NHLPA hockey. Ooh, Chris is going to be so upset. Ulf Samuelson. <laughs> Technically, that counts. You didn't say this year, Nikki. <laughs> Boom! You just got roasted. Got her. Detail style. <laughs> Good job. I got caught in my own trap. So, can they tinker with anything else during the preseason? Like, can we change up some field paint? Can we I do don't... anything else fun? Yeah, let's do it. Let's. It'd be fun. Dan, what do you got? You're good. You're an idea man. Well, I'm just thinking that they're out of color combos. So we need, like, maybe we can get a left leg blue and left le- right leg black or something. You know, then we'll start getting nuts. Can you do that? Sure. Could <laughs> they, like, write? Why not? Could they, like, write Carolina in cursive in the end zone? Like, I don't know. Like, I'm just trying to, like, think out outside the box of just, like, we put the Panthers head at midfield. Like, Whatever, just who cares? It's a preseason. Put some, do some fun stuff. But, I like hey, the cursive. Let's put a logo cool. in the end zone, though. I like that. Yeah, that'd be fun. Yep. How about Zubaz in the end zone? <laughs> These Zubaz? are, th- you know, you know what this, this, this is a luxury. This conversation. <laughs> Because just think, if this was a Hornets podcast, we wouldn't be able to discuss these types of issues because there's far bigger problems that you have to worry about. <laughs> this, is, this is just proof of how good a job Marty and Ron and the rest of that team, you know, the organization have done putting together a, a, a competitive team. 
that we can have these types of conversations. Uh, I, can we clip that out so when Brandon Green is starting at left tackle in <laughs> week two, we've got some things to say? I didn't write this topic, so I'm just trying to roll with it. No, but a- actually, honestly, on, on the end zones, I, I want to see blue end zones with black font. Let's flip it. Let's get See? let's get brighter end zones. Let's get brighter end zones. That's a good idea. That's fun. Yep. Yeah, Colin. I'm down for experimentation. I'm just saying that we get to talk about stuff like spray painting the end zone when you have a point guard <laughs> or a quarterback on your roster. We have a point guard. Corner. <laughs> oh. We do. No, He's scary. No, no, he no, you you're not a point guard getting paid nineteen million dollars and averaging two assists a game. How dare you? Celtics have a pretty good point guard. <laughs> they do. Oh, they do. Hang up. It's just not even fair to talk about right Did you now. Have you all seen Kemba's quote about this? I don't want to talk okay. about Kemba Walker. <laughs> okay, well, oh, wait. I want to hear you this. Took no. Off, it, you took off the Hornets corner to. from this week's episode, so now you just get it sporadically <laughs> throughout. <laughs> I normally stay in my little pen. I stay confined. I respect the, the, the rules and regulations, but then you, you eliminated it, and now I just got to sprinkle it in. And then took some cheap shots, if we're honest. <laughs> <laughs> See, we still got Hornets Corner and in. We didn't have to put it in there. It's not Walker anymore anyway. It's it's Waka, A-H. He changed it Wa- legally. God. Didn't he yeah. take the same number as Antoine Walker? He did, actually. Mm-hmm. That's so fun. Yeah. God. Hey, Antoine, why do you take so many three-pointers? Because <laughs> they don't have four-pointers. <laughs> Big three does, though. God, he's the best. Is he playing Big three? <laughs> he should. It seems like he is destined for Big yeah, three. He, they made that <laughs> he, league he for him. He was playing Big three yeah. a while ago. Yeah. <laughs> Very big. So, let's get maybe a little more serious for just one second. Oh, jeez. Okay, not too serious. I'm just kidding. But looking at this game, what roster spots are realistically still up for grabs right now? Well, the one I'm are interested... Are there spots still up for grabs? Yeah, I did I did some math, and they're basically like... So, there are like 46 guys that are going to make the roster, barring something crazy happening. Like, I know we everybody likes to talk about how, like, Vernon Butler is going to get cut and, like, he's not going to make the team. But, like, he's going to make the team. Jared Norris is going to... These guys are going to make the team. So, you're looking at 46 guys that are basically locked into their roster spot and then seven spots that are open. And that includes... A backup quarterback, maybe two backup quarterbacks, two backup running backs. You got a couple corners in there that you need to fill. So it's like these are the spots that are – it's basically like corners, running backs, backup – whether it's going to be one or two backup quarterbacks. And I do think three quarterbacks is viable this year because especially like you, you've been saying and other people have been saying Kyle Allen looks better than Greer, but you obviously invested draft capital. So this could be a year where you do see three on the roster for sure. I think you have to have three on the roster. I think, you know, Cam Newton's coming off a of shoulder surgery. I get that he has the new throwing motion and he. What? But, but I didn't see him throwing throw motion. No. Uh, like, but I think a guy coming off shoulder surgery, your your only guy on the roster can't be your the 100th pick in the draft. Yeah. That just can't be the possibility. Yeah. But that's not, that, that just hasn't always been the case here. And they've been able to steal that spot a couple of years. But I do think this year, I, I, I'm curious, not, not necessarily about one that's still available, but is the, well, is the door shut now? Like, do you think they've just decided what they're going to do at safety going forward, at least for the near term with the, with the addition of Trey Boston, that, that it's going to be Boston and Reed? Yeah, I think Boston, Reed, uh, and then Colin Jones and some amalgamation of <laughs> Ross Cockrell and um, Luke. Uh, who's the other guy? Rashawn Galden. Those are like your your five safeties, but then you actually gain one when it's um, you gain Galden can kind of play big nickel. Cockrell can play outside corner slash nickel and safety. 
And Boston is, was sixth in the league over the last two years in interceptions, which does raise the question, what in the world is he doing on the other place? <laughs> that he didn't have a job before training camp. <laughs> but so we'll wait and see. It, one thing I'm, uh, I'm looking at the depth chart right now, one thing that's interesting is, you know, w- we always talk about how deep this team is as far as, like, having a specific kick or punt returner, and you usually want to find someone that's kind of already on the roster. But right now it's listed as Jaden Mickens, Terry Godwin, Rashad Ross, and then Cameron Artis Payne in the kick return slot. I mean, wouldn't you argue that all those guys are, what, what, are any of them safe? Right now, I want to get an honest look at Cap at kick return. I think. <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> He's listed there. I mean, is this who? Who do you think actually is returning kicks and punts? Because I like the idea of Ross and you know maybe Godwin, but do you sign those guys? Or even Mickens, but do you sign those guys just to be returners? I don't know. No, that's that's one where you lose that luxury when you use up three spots on on quarterback and some of those mm-hmm. other positions. I don't think I think that's just the, the preseason, and I don't. I, I mean, I've been on on record saying I think Godwin's a, a guy that's gonna gonna stick around. Um, what who what was it? Was it everyone was convinced Samuel was gonna be the punt return, and then and then it was like uh, he never punt, he never did it in college. Wasn't, yeah, yeah. Well, that was this thing is like it's uh, a lot of times that was another example of people being hypothetically mad at at you can't put McCaffrey back there, <laughs> and it's like well they're not gonna put him back there, so. They could in certain spots, though, like if you needed a jolt. I, I have someone wrote I an article about that. I think that, if you put, but. yeah, I completely agree. I think if you put out DJ, like if you need, I think DJ Moore should be playing the Steve Smith punt returner role where something, like you need a big play, you need a spark, let's put DJ out there. I, and I think teams should, this is this is an inefficiency I think teams could, could target. I mean, in, in the Panthers, too. I mean, you think back to, of course, the iconic example of 2005 when, when Smitty was no longer the returner and then said, demanded to be back there against Seattle and, and promptly ran it back for a touchdown. That in these spots, and particularly when your guys have a chance to, you know, to make a big return or something like that, like I think, I think teams will and somebody will start being more aggressive about that, about putting a guy that's more, uh, a more valuable piece back there in specific situations. And I think the Panthers, with the weapons they have, would be wise to look at doing that this year. So I'm always on that train, that like heartless train of when I play Madden to keep it on our theme here is you put someone there that's really fast, but you're not going to be like, you know, uh, handcuffed if he gets hurt. So <laughs> I always say, I hate to say like you, you, you don't want that your guy back there to get hurt all the time. So, uh, but then, you know, you might lose someone uh, as good as Samuel or, or, or DJ, like you said. So uh, that's always been kind of weird to me is, is who kick returns and punt returns for the Panthers, because historically they're haven't been great. I mean, there's a lot of penalties have been on that team. I know Chase has kind of turned them around, but um, I don't know. I'd like to see them advance the ball a little bit on punts. We, we don't see that a lot in uh, in Carolina. Yeah, I, I agree. <laughs> I think that for the past two seasons, Demir Bird has, has occupied the spot of returner who theoretically could play wide receiver if you have a petition, position catastrophe, which they absolutely did in 2017. Mm-hmm. So... And, and he did, and he was fine out there. Like, he was able to make plays. He was able to produce at a competent level for a wide receiver. I think maybe a little bit higher than competent, but whatever. Um, and I think that, to me, I know you're a Terry Godwin guy, Colin. For me, I think Jaden Mickens is a guy that can do that. He can produce at a, at a competent level of wide receiver. I think he's been showing that in camp. And that's something that I think I'm going to be keeping an eye on uh, tonight in Chicago because – I think that he is going to be out there a lot. I think Curtis Samuel and DJ Moore are going to be out there for the first drive. And then you're going to see a lot of 
Uh, of Chris Hogan, I think you're going to see a, maybe a little bit of Torrey Smith, but he doesn't really have a whole lot to prove. Um, Chris Hogan, I think Aldrick Robinson needs to prove that he can hang on to the ball. But you're going to see Terry Godwin and, and Jaden Mickens, I think, are going to get a lot of time because they want to see what they have in these guys. And that's going to be important. Now's the time to see it. And to Den's point about uh, about not getting a ton of return yardage in the game, they may prioritize who do we think can be the wide receiver and also mm-hmm. handle that responsibility, not anticipating having a big play guy back there. And that's where, like you said, like the the room's pretty full. I mean, you know, you, you got Chris Hogan, Torrey Smith, Jarius Wright, DJ Moore, Curtis Samuel, and then, and then you're going to try to find a guy that can also play receiver. So – I, I don't know. You could see a lot of movement there, and um, I think that's something that they have to uh, they have to think about. Yeah, like you said, kind of playing both positions. So, someone made the joke that uh, if Devin Hester was on the Panthers, he would have had like two receiving touchdowns because they all would have been called back by like blocks in the back, which is true. So, but luckily we're we're I think we're past that as far as uh, penalties on special teams. But let's move the ball. Let's let's give Cam some help. Devin Devin Hester, Hall of Famer. No, you can't. Oh, baby. Yeah, my immediate reaction was no, but it's like, I don't know. Can you be the one of, be one the, of best. the best or the mm-hmm. best at something that is a third of the game? I mean, there are kickers in the Hall of Fame, who right? Is the, who so, is the guy? If Graham Gano can get introduced to Bank of America <laughs> Stadium along with the rest of the special teams, I have to think you have to put him in Canton, right? <laughs> <laughs> who is the guy on the Packers? That, uh, that was Desmond Howard? Yes. Yes, that yeah. ruined the Patriots' Super Bowl hopes. I mean, he's... He, that's what he's known for, man. You know, I, I think that that stuff has its place in the hall, even yeah. if you're especially, not great at your position. Because we don't see it a whole lot now. Yeah. I mean, the, the, that true. guy was that guy was terrifying. He was the the the, the bear you were most scared of. I remember we went so uh, we were skiing in somewhere for the Super Bowl, the Bears Patriots Super Bowl, and we were like booking it to get home because we were like, Bears we do Colts? not want eighty five. Eighty five. I was like, wow. Yeah. How old are you, Josh? You forgot one, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> you have so many up there, you forgot one. Yeah. Uh, and it was like, and it was like, we got to get back for this opening kickoff because Hester's going to bring it back. You know he is. And we like burst through the door as he is scorching towards the end zone on the off- opening kickoff because it was just like a foregone conclusion that this guy was going to return a kick for a touchdown in the in the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. And it's like that that does not exist anywhere in our league. I, I have a feeling it's like. It's like punting to Deshaun Jackson or, like, I think Tyreek Hill might be that guy now. So, I, I think, you know, who knows? Uh, may, if, maybe it's Terry Godwin. <laughs> you well, think Dave well, Gettleman yeah, thinks well, uh, Deshaun pu- Jackson's a Hall of Famer? Well, pu- <laughs> punting has changed a, a ton. I mean, when we hung out with uh, Jason Baker and at the Dallas draft, and he was telling us, you know, with Belichick's whole thing with lefty kickers, people can't even catch the ball from them anymore. Um, it, it's it's different now. So yeah, I wonder what really goes into why we don't see that so much anymore. But. Is it like so? Everybody has been talking about for the longest time, and and Rivera won't actually admit this, but they everybody kind of says that free safety doesn't really matter in the Ron Rivera defense. That's why they just kind of ignore it. Is it the kind of the same thing where like punt returns and kick returns don't matter to like if you're a head coach, there's probably there are probably some head coaches out there that are like, we have to have a good kick returner. And there are probably some that are like, I don't care. Like for me, I don't. So like I don't need to drive a nice car. I will drive a crappy car if I can spend that money on uh, whiskey and vacations later. I'm more than happy to drive a 1997 Honda Civic. But there are some other people that are like, no, I have to have a nice car. It's I spent a lot of time in there. I wonder if that's how 
coaches feel about kick returners. Well, I mean, I think it depends. I mean, you, we talked briefly about the, the Bears and that Super Bowl team. If you remember, that was a defense first team and then Devin Hester. They had Rex Grossman at the helm of, the, of that offensive attack. So, yes, they needed Devin Hester to do everything. They needed all 21 interceptions or whatever it was they had that season. I, I think with this offense, you don't feel that same pressure. And so you probably protect the ball, don't get a penalty, you know, and, and get down. That's it. Sexy Rexy. Sexy Rexy. <laughs> the sex cannon. The that was was that not that was that just a nickname amongst me and my friends <laughs> for Rexy? Maybe. Can't say I've heard Sorry. that one. Sexy Rexy was as far as we took it. All right. Well. But it's good to know. I, I, I'll have stories about. Do you that. have other nicknames for quarterbacks? Like, what do you have yeah. for Jay Cutler rolling around in that head of yours? Uh, <laughs> I love Jay Cutler. Sure. On I reality TV him. or on the football field? <laughs> well, as long as he's not on my team. Oh. I mean, <laughs> smoking Jay Cutler. The, yeah. My, my personal favorite was uh, we called David Gerard hot, hot mustard. I'm not sure why, but um, that's what we got. Whenever he would make a big play, it'd be like hot mustard. That was fun. Those are the days. Does everybody call Martellus Bennett the black unicorn? I don't. So I don't. I've I, seen shirts with it. So I was like, other people have to say that. M- Marty Soros Rex, right? That's that, that's what he was up here. Oh, Mar- mate. Marty Soros Rex. Yeah, that, Maybe makes, it, that makes more sense than black unicorn. That's but. what he was for Jay Cutler. Mm, gotcha. Okay. It changes whenever you leave. What do they call Kemba in Boston now? Mm. Oh, <laughs> God. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> It's okay, Colin. UConn okay. legends. All right, who's ready for a game? Yeah. Yay, game, game time. time. We, oh, nice. We are going to call this one Deli Counter. So I'm going to name a Panther, and you have to decide what would go into a sandwich named after them. Oh, man. Are you ready? All right. I don't know who to start with because I feel I, like I'm Josh, very excited about this game right now. I, I can guarantee you mine has simpler <laughs> ingredients than Josh Klein's. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a simple man with simple tastes. That's right. In a 97 Honda. You heard him. <laughs> you see that 97 Honda missing the hubcap going by? Just think of me when I'm in France for the second time this see, year. Drinking but, whiskey, apparently. That's right. At least it's an <laughs> SE, though. <laughs> All right. Our first Panther. What would be in the Kyle Love? <laughs> Things other than brisket? Yeah. Or like <laughs> I have an onion bun and brisket. <laughs> that's all you got? That's what I got. It seems like it would be one of those sandwiches that's served wet. You know what I'm saying? Like Chicago, like Chicago Italian beef, they'll just like dunk the whole thing in an au jus. I feel like that's uh that's that's what Kyle Love means to me and I feel like, you know, Arby's is going to have to take back their slogan cuz Kyle Love going to have the meats. <laughs> <laughs> Den. Isn't he the one that wore? No, that was Will Fork. Never mind. Or oh, did Kyle Love wear overalls with no shirt no. underneath? I feel like he has. No. No, he was the one. Uh, he, he was did the, the guy last belly, yeah. year. He, he just had his jersey. Oh right, just had his no shirt on. Right, out. right, right. So, Amazing. So, so I went kind of an opposite route. I was thinking Kyle Love and like how he's underrated. So I was looking up underrated sandwiches, and mm. I, I think personally that the BLT is an underrated sandwich. So I would go with a, a version of the BLT. And it also kind of um, spells out like big, large tackle. That was like my joke. <laughs> oh. So that, that's that's my Kyle love. Uh, that's, that's my, I'm pretty board. I'm pretty proud of that one. Yeah. Where's Spucky rank on the underrated <laughs> sandwich test? <laughs> We're still not convinced this is a real sandwich. It's real. Is it, I mean, is it I, actually, real? Just, I don't know why I think it's name. real because some random 
best sandwiches thing that I clicked that totally got my click. I mean, you brought up uh, a, a legit place, so now I'm now I'm googling it. I'll let you know. Yeah, we're gonna go. I'm excited for that. Do you want to add anything to your Kyle Love sandwich? No, it, it, my, the Kyle Love is a simple sandwich in my mind. Okay. It's, it's, it's it's meat and bread. Just, uh, yeah, I could see that. Like Kyle Love's not having ciabatta. You know what I'm saying? That's uh, for true. me, it's like Texas hey, toast. What do you? What kind of wraps do y'all have yeah, for, the, exactly. for for the big large tackle? You got the <laughs> big large tackle. You got any sun dried tomato wraps up there? <laughs> I don't know why I just gave him a southern accent because he definitely doesn't have one. <laughs> that was a very weird accent. All right, are you ready for your next sandwich? Yeah, yeah. The Cam Newton. Oh man. Now, Cam has Cam for some reason has gone gone full vegan now. Um, I, I did not feel compelled. Um, <laughs> n- most most no, probably because I couldn't come up with ingredients that would qualify if I tried to stick with just vegan. Um, so I started with an invasive species of fish. Uh, NFL NFL did not <laughs> like Cam coming into their league, playing quarterback in a different way. Uh, like it's like an Asian carp situation. What a disgusting <laughs> term for such an invasive species of fish. It sounds like a sandwich that would kill you. Yeah. Have you heard the establishment talk about Cam? That this is the same way they talk about feral hogs. The same way they talk about you know we had great bass fishing here before, but now it's just carp everywhere. <laughs> Can I ask what what's the, what the feral hogs thing is? I, I have I'm seeing it everywhere, and Me I don't too. think that's regional oh. to hear. It was it was a reply. It was a reply. It was a it was. <laughs> well, this is gonna get serious. It was a reply to um you know the the gun discussion that our that our country has been having here oh, recently. Boy. Oh, I thought it was um, actually it, animals. I'm, I I don't want to get all political yeah, here. No, I'm no, sorry. no, no. I'm saying it was oh. it was a question. It was what am I supposed to do? Like it was saying if if you take the guns away, serious question for uh for those of us that live in rural areas. Uh, what are we supposed to do when thirty to forty feral hogs descend upon <laughs> oh, okay. our yard while our children are playing? That's the that's the long, that's that was the uh, okay. that was the tweet that that spawned a million. But are they things. like like what is a feral? I guess that was my question. Oh, it's it's a it's a pig it's that a doesn't have pig. a leash. Oh, okay. Pig without a leash. Yeah, isn't that a corn album? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, feral just means wild in that sense, right? Yeah, just a wild. Okay, hog. okay. An invasive Carry on. species of fish. <laughs> If we titled episodes, that would definitely be the title of the episode. <laughs> I just I just look at the way Cam came into this league and it was not appreciated. Like an he, Asian carp stalking a lake. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Just doing his own thing, just minding his own business, and uh people didn't like it. So Yeah, that was that's where I started. Horrifying visual. I, I had chia seeds because I looked up <laughs> vegan foods and that came up. Um and then swag sauce. It's got a, like hopefully now now the tendency when you make the Cam Newton sandwich is to put way too much swag sauce on there. Mm. Like you sometimes you get like it's the buffalo mistake. chicken, you yep. get the buffalo chicken and it's just soggy and the breading gets you, you you need just the right amount of swag sauce to, to make a good Cam Newton. Yeah. The right amount of drip, if you will. Oh, you, I like that. You guys are segueing into yeah. my sandwich perfectly. Yes, go ahead. Dad. I'll, I'll take it. So I, that's what I was saying. I, I ha- it has to be vegan because I don't want to offend Cam with my sandwich. His, uh, it does his... not have to be vegan, Dan. I just clearly established that it does not have to be. But thank you for now suggesting that mine so, is somehow out of bounds. <laughs> so, so I, and I also said it needs to have a little drip to it, maybe be a little spicy. And I had just recently had um, buffalo chickpeas, which is basically like buffalo chicken chickpeas. Sounds great. So that's what I'm going with. It's got I, and it, it's all like dripping that. down it, and it's messy, and it's vegan, and it's cool. So that's my yeah. that's my Cam Newton. I like it. Yeah, uh, I actually went with um, an Impossible Burger um, because that is vegan. Uh, I'm not sure if you have ever had one, but it is um, 
it tastes too good to be true if you're a vegan. It actually yeah. tastes like a burger. So much like Cam was too good to be true for the Carolina Panthers, the Impossible Burger, too good to be true for vegans. And then I suggested that my sandwich might have too much sauce because Cam also has too much and, sauce. And like Cam, the, the Impossible Burger, not digestible by sauce. <laughs> Does it really, like, make you feel like you're eating an actual burger? Here's the thing. I've had a bunch of Impossible Burgers, and I'm going to weigh in here. Uh, if, you're, if you've lasted this long, you're here for my Impossible Burgers take. Congratulations. Um, it tastes like a crappy burger. That's what it tastes like. Like, it doesn't taste okay. like if you – you're not going to substitute, like, an Cheval or, like a, like, a Bang Bang Burger or, like, a really good <laughs> burger – just do that right in the mic. Good. I'm sorry, I tried to cover it. It was too late. Um, like school lunch bad burger. I would say more of like a almost like a McDonald's style burger. Okay, like it's, that's it's, not it's, a bad burger. Has a yeah, little no, bit nothing of like wrong that with that. I'm listening. Burger. I'm listening. Yeah, it has. A, it's like thin, and it has of like it almost does have like an over overwhelmingly meaty taste because they want it to taste meaty, which I I always kind of associate with. Uh, like a lower quality burger. Like if you're looking to substitute for a $15 burger, it's not going to do it. But if you're trying to get the, the, the feeling of a backyard burger, maybe that you bought from, I don't know, like Costco or like, you know, like those kind of the frozen pucks, that's what it tastes like to me. And uh, honestly, if you are a vegan, if you're a hardcore vegan, that will satisfy your burger craving. If you are, if you are coming from Carl's Jr., and you go straight to the Impossible Burger, you're just going to be disappointed. I mean, that's that's the reality. When the did this podcast move west of the Mississippi? <laughs> Carl's Jr. What? <laughs> it just happened. That's oh, my favorite part about burger listening to you guys. made of things that humans have never eaten before? It's made isn't out of pea protein. You ever <laughs> yeah. had some peas, No, but there's Colin? like some collagen in there or something that, that human bodies have never tried to digest. And yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I don't think it I'm wrong It has Asian carp in it. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. All right, I'm adding one in. Oh, mama. All right. You ready? Is this your version, or are you just going to ask us? Ooh, one? yeah. You Do you have any sandwiches? No. Oh, okay. Mm. Great. Good. <laughs> Good ad. Mine are all salads. Um, Your new sandwich, the Tepper. Oh, man. <clears throat> the Tepper. Yikes. I mm. wish you could see everyone's faces right now. So it's got to have, I mean... <laughs> Den's literally frozen in thought. <laughs> um, I think that it's uh, that's a Skype joke. If, if nobody's if you're if you're paying if you're paying attention. Yeah, I was wondering uh, if I'm frozen, you guys, but you we're, we're still good. We're still good. There is their live stream. Um, I think that so you're gonna have the the edible the edible 24 karat gold is gonna be on there. The edible 24 karat the gold, gold lakes probably. Okay. Um, it's gonna be expensive for expensive sake. I feel like like you're gonna have probably some Kobe beef. Um, to me, it's like, it's, it's like an expensive version of something that seems, uh, that maybe seems cheap, cheap. Does that make sense? Like it's a very expensive burger to go to the other side of the burger chain. It's like, it's like a $45, $50 burger with a gold leaf on top made out of Wagyu, half Wagyu, half Kobe beef. With like that crazy truffle. That's like. I mean, it's something crazy expensive. People mm-hmm. get it on their pasta. Yeah, and it's and it does uh, taste delicious, but then it costs you one hundred and fifteen million dollars. The good thing is you can get taxpayers to pay for it, though. <laughs> uh, I, I also think you probably have some French fries on there with the Pittsburgh influence, oh, right? Yeah. Little Pramani's. Oh, That's, oh, I, I love like that. some Pramani brothers. Fries on the sandwich, yum. I think that would be my that would be my one addition. I like that. 
Dan, Dan? what do you got? Uh, just uh, straight Spucky? <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> definitely. I think I think Tepper's just a straightforward guy. Just a uh, nothing crazy. The uh, old faithful, maybe like a ham and cheese. Nothing, nothing fancy, but uh, knows how to get the job done. Couldn't you see Tepper like sitting down next to like uh, like a construction worker from the '40s with his lunch pail and just like eating a ham sandwich, <laughs> talking about life on on a on a steel beam, a hundred stories in the air, drinking a YooHoo. <laughs> Yes, yes, I could because it, based on what we saw in All or Nothing, he has no friends by the fourth quarter, so he needs some people. So maybe some construction workers would sit with him through the the, the duration of his meal. I'll sit there with him. Hey, if you if you're listening, Mr. Tepper, he's 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 not. I could I, like I don't. How do you know? He was he was, but then he checked out. I he think, checked yeah, out his whole. He, well, he was he once stopped. he heard that Kyle Love was the first sandwich. He was like, for real, guys, like. I own the team. I'm a throw-in additional sandwich because Nikki wants to make a an audible. Sorry. Does it come with does, does does the Tepper meal come with the Jerry Richardson little figurine that that it has to be has to be included in the in the meal? It's written. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like a happy meal, <laughs> except no one's happy. <laughs> Amazing. Well done, boys. Well done. Dan, tell the folks where they can find you on the interwebs and whatnot. I am at uh, Key Pound Den. Of course, and uh, here on the Riot Network all the time on uh, Not What You Think with Bobby and Chris. And, uh, yeah, that's about it. If I can jump in for a second, um, Not What You Think is the best Panthers podcast on the that you can access via the Internet. Um, <laughs> I, I think Thank that, uh, like, I, I am a regular listener, and the 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 opinions that Bobby and Dan and Chris have and just the camaraderie in there, um, the way that they interact is just fantastic. And I look forward to listening to it every week. It helps that we have we share a lot of similar um, interests, and I can uh, text Den when I disagree with things. That also helps. Is there True. a lot of Shark Week talk on there? <laughs> there was last week. I, I don't know how you, I don't know how you can't like Shark Week. Like the cool thing about Shark Week is it's been going on for like what thirty years, but that n- instead of just finding like the air jaws, now they're like we're gonna film it with a drone. So he eats the drone, and it, you know, it's, I don't know, that stuff makes Whoa, me happy. Spoiler alert. Well, yeah. I'll tell you. I, well, I everyone has watched my, Shark Week that cares about Shark, Shark Week, Colin. That's I mean, true. Right? I'll tell you what my tipping point was with Shark Week, because I did kind of like, I was like, oh, Shark Week, everyone's into it. I invested so much time in this show. I don't know if it was 30 minutes or an hour. Either way, it was way too much time, only to realize that this was a show that was completely fictional and nothing in it was real. And I was like, Wait, I only want real Shark Week stuff. I didn't know that there was like fictitious things that they created for it, so I felt very betrayed by that. Were you watching Sharknado? <laughs> no, they, well, they do drama. <laughs> drama How far in did you have to get before yeah. you realized that wasn't real? Well, it was thirty years ago, or whatever. Ted said. <laughs> deep, deep blue sea. That's no deep blue, right? Yeah. Was Will Smith one of the voices? <laughs> it was, it was, was it actually, animated. It was Sharknado three. I haven't I wrapped. Follow my- Nikki at Nikki Seven Oh Four. Collins at Collins CLT. I haven't wrapped my mind around dead. contending at this high level. It just doesn't even sound right. I've been with the Hornets for eight years, and maybe one time we had some expectations. <laughs>
can't wait. Maybe till just guys, one I, season. Josh, I can't, I can't wait till you guys see the welcome home banner that's hanging on the uh, garden in a few weeks. Oh my god! He was ours first. See you Kinda. next week. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye, guys. <laughs>